There are many obstacles that can block the path to a successful software project. When you come across one, it helps to think like a seasoned hiker and follow the trail marked by blue blazes around the problem so that you can get back on course and keep moving forward. Welcome to Blue Blazes Podcast. I'm your host for the journey, Jay Tower, and I'm a partner and principal consultant at Trailhead Technology Partners. In this series, we talk with industry experts who share they are best tips for avoiding the pitfalls on the path to successful software projects. My guest on this episode of Blue Blazes is Corey Weathers. Corey is passionate about sharing the magic of software and does a lot of that sharing in his role as the America's Developer Relations Lead at Auth0, now a division of Okta. Whether speaking at tech conferences or meetups, building apps live on Twitch, or appearing on a podcast, Corey is always thinking about how to equip other developers. He holds an MBA from the Haas School of Business at UC Berkeley and a BS in Systems and Computer Science from Howard University. While a native New Yorker at heart, he's proud to call Pennsylvania his home. Corey and I spoke about identity and access management and how using a third-party provider can help make your software projects more predictably successful. Enjoy. Right, welcome to the podcast, Corey. Nice to have you. I'm super excited to be with you, Jay. How you doing? Doing really well. How are you? I'm good. It's it's been a good start to the day. The weather seems to be super warm outside, so it feels like springtime, uh, yeah. even though it's the winter. And so yes. we're just rolling with it. <laughs> we're uh, recording this in early February, but it doesn't feel like that in the parts of the country we're in. So that's awesome. Yeah, and, which is uh, very rare and, and, and bizarre, but we'll take it. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, but no complaints. And I see you're representing today uh, your company, uh, which is Authio yeah. Nocta. Um, so let me start out before uh, we get into all of the, co- the questions. Give me the elevator pitch. What does Okta and Auth0 do and uh, why would somebody want to use them? Yeah, no. So at, at Okta, we uh, strive to make uh, uh, the world safer people to use applications, right? And really, uh, a big part of doing that is by understanding who people are. And so at, at Okta, we have a number of identity and security related products that enable applications to better understand who you are and to build for your um, particular use case or experience. And so um, the tagline we often use when we're out at events for Off Zero, or even if you go to like the offzero.com website is um, make identity our problem, not yours, right? <laughs> and it is very much this idea that like, there's so many things that as application developers or even as um people who use applications that you have to think about that yeah. the least of your problems should be something like identity. But yeah. identity is so, so, so hard to get right if you really think about it. And in a day and age where so many folks are uh, having to interact with applications in so many different ways, don't try to solve that yourself. Make it our problem right. so you can go focus on the things that matter to your users. That's a great way to summarize it. You know, a big theme that seems to come out a lot on this podcast where we talk about making software projects more predictably successful is uh, basically don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, there's tool, uh, there's tools out there. There's uh, third-party security. There's all, there's all kinds of things where, yeah, you could probably write it and maybe it would be kind of fun if you're an engineering nerd like we are. But yeah. uh, 
but you're not going to do as good a job as somebody who spends their whole waking hours thinking about security or a component library or something like that, right? Yeah, and this is where I enjoy, like, this is why I love the API ecosystem and it's why I love packages and it's why I love SDKs for things because yeah. um, especially in a world like identity where identity is moving just as rapidly as the next thing you could consider that even when you sit down to say, hey, I'm on latest and greatest, you're probably one version behind. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm, make it our problem. And I thank you for keeping us employed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and there's nothing maybe more important than security to do correctly, right? If you If you do kind of a crummy job of making your own UI components, it's not the end of the world. But if you do security wrong, it could be the end of your company. Well, this is where I, I often now spend a lot of time paying attention to like uh, breaches that happen. Um, oftentimes companies will tell you, you know, sometime thereafter that they recognize that uh, people had unauthorized access to information. Mm -hmm. And if you ever look at it and you look at like how someone gained that initial uh, level of access, what you typically find is it's something where someone sent you like a phishing email, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they sent you an email that they got you to click on something that they, you really should not have, mm -hmm. or alternatively, um, they've stolen your credentials, uh, somehow, some way they were key logging and they grabbed your username and password and doing something as simple as adding multi-factor authentication to your login could have helped prevent it. And yet mm -hmm. so many folks don't. And so, yeah. uh, see, as we talk about the importance of security, I also realize like there's an aspect of this around like making a good user experience around it, but the other yeah. side to it is truly just turn it on. It's almost like you close your front door, just make sure you lock it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We all have locks on our front doors, but not everyone uses them, right? That's right. And, <laughs> and you'd be surprised how often it shows up in the world of software. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Some, I mean, that's the easiest vulnerability is is getting a person to do something, right? This actually hacking into the software is usually pretty hard, even if it's not great software. That's uh, right. Human humans are the weak link. <laughs> and and in this regard, it's why I get excited about the future of identity. And um, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but people often talk yeah. about pass keys and going passwordless, and yeah. what does that mean? But even all of that, I think, gets us to a place where we're far better than, hey, did you remember your password that was supposed to have an uppercase and a lowercase and 12 mm -hmm. digits and a special character, and maybe right. you did it in the right order? God, yep. heaven help us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll be great as that technology improves. And I do want to ask more about that, but let me clear the air about an elephant in the room first, which is I'm sure people listening have heard of Auth0, and I'm sure they've probably heard of Okta. But maybe not everybody realizes that that's the same organization today. So I'm sure you've answered this question before, but uh, give the uh, give the short version of that. What's the difference? Yeah, and and I'll give the context that I know. There are probably bits and pieces that I will get wrong, so forgive sure. me. Um, I joined Okta in 2022, and just shortly before Okta had actually finished uh, acquiring Off Zero. Mm -hmm. And so um, as a developer, like the .NET developer in me loves Off0. I've known Off0 for years, uh, but I'd only known Okta as the place where I went to to go log in for my corporate infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things that 
really does just make sense is, well, what does it mean to serve the identity needs, regardless of whether that person is, say, an end user or a customer to your application, or alternatively, if, if a person is um, a member of your employee's workforce. And so today, with um, the two sitting under one octa, we now have two sides to the business. One side that's called uh, the customer identity cloud, and that is powered by Off Zero. So everything you know and love about Off Zero is um, there and branded under the customer identity cloud. And then there's the workforce identity cloud, which is everything you know and, and sort of love about what is that login experience and making sure that your workforce has access to the applications that they need to in a way where you can also administer it and protect yeah. your users and ensure that uh, information is not being maliciously accessed or uh, downloaded for other reasons. So would it be fair to say that uh, the split kind of goes internal users, external users a little bit? To some extent, yeah. Sure. And, and the reason why I say to some extent is because what's beautiful about um, both workforce and, and customer identity cloud is uh, you have use cases that may span both. Case in point, uh, you may be a developer who's building a B2B application and you're saying, look, I want to uh, be able to enable a corporate uh, buyer to be able to do login with their own local identifiers, right? Whether it's they're using Gmail or they have a local AD instance or whatever that may be. And the, the beautiful thing about the customer identity cloud or Auth0 in this way is that you can bring that into Auth0 and have that still power your identity and still have that power the experience for the user, while at the same time not also needing to get into anything else around, hey, how else is your corporate infrastructure set up or where do you have your users? And so that makes it easy. Um, yeah. But, but there's also the other side to this, which is we have a number of customers who also use parts of the workforce identity cloud um, for access to like automations. And so mm -hmm. um, we have a Okta marketplace that allows you to then connect up that data to other types of systems so that you can then either report out on it or mm -hmm. use it in a downstream effect, whatever you may need to do inside of your corporate environment. Okay, very helpful. So let's say somebody's wanting to get started they're building an application or maybe they have a, a suite of existing applications and platforms and they want to start bringing them together who do they talk to first to figure out if they're an auth zero customer or more of an octa customer yeah good question i mean what i would typically tell folks is if you are starting out and your end user is someone who um is probably not sitting behind a corporate firewall you probably want auth zero right and authzero.com is your home if you're doing something whereby you need to say provision access for uh, an employee user base, mm -hmm. then you want Okta.com and you want the workforce identity cloud for that. Okay, nice. I think that clears it up. Thanks for <laughs> walking us through that. Another thing that I, I noticed as a theme on this podcast is that you know engineering decisions are always a trade-off. So when it comes to outsourcing your security to somebody else, there's a lot of upsides to that. We've alluded to a lot of them already. You know, don't reinvent the wheel. You don't want to invent security yourself and maybe not do it right. Uh, what do you see as the things that you're giving up maybe because of, of using a third party for that? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I hear a lot of is control, right? People love to be able to understand 
hey, if someone's logged in, I've got this data in my specific app environment. And mm -hmm. uh, I know that the only way that someone could maliciously access it is mm -hmm. by coming into either my servers or um, uh, trying to do something that is taking advantage of an exploit in the code base I have itself, right? So there's mm -hmm. that aspect. The other side that we hear a lot about um, is pricing, right? Which is, well, if I have engineers who can build this and we can spin up our own servers and spin up our right. own databases, like, why would I pay someone else to do this for me? And yeah. these are, I, I would say, interesting conversations to have. Yeah. Um, I often refer folks to this notion of, well, you're not, when you pay for an off zero, you're not just paying for a login box. You're not just paying for access to a user database. You get a ton of protection that comes. You get yeah. a ton of access to the latest and greatest features in security and in all things identity. And yeah. so just keep in mind that there's a value conversation to be had that's less about, hey, I can have my developers go program a login, a username and password with a little bit of validation, right? It's less yeah. about that. And it's more about, well, what happens afterwards when you need to actually remove something from that database? Right. Or what happens later on when you think someone has gained access, but you don't have the records to tell? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Then this gets yeah. really fun and interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great comparison. Uh, it is often the case that I think engineers feel like, oh, I could build this. And therefore, I think we jump to the conclusion that if you could build it, which is probably true, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of engineers would be capable of building this given the time. But it also, uh, in our heads, I think we oversimplify the problem until we get into the details. And I'm sure Okta and Auth0 both have millions of developer hours into their products, and, and you're getting all the benefit of that for you know, whatever the monthly cost is, right? Yeah, and this is also where I, I encourage folks, like what I love about software is um, we're, we're always in a space of, okay, well, if I can build it, then maybe someone else has done it. And so mm -hmm. I love open source for this. And there are yeah. open source identity providers as well who um, have fully configurable systems that could totally work for your use case. I now, you know, the Okta employee of me would probably be like, hey, you should purchase them off zero if it works for your use case. And that's true. But the flip side to this is even if you say, look, I'm going to go use like an open source identity provider because I understand it and it works well for what I need. That's good too, right? Because it gets you to a spot where you're not necessarily just relying on your own knowledge or your own expertise to okay. deploy what is going to be your identity solution, which is one of the vectors to protect your application as well as your infrastructure, right? Yep. So this is where I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I'll take it just because you've thought about it and you've put the effort into researching and figuring out yeah. what makes sense as yeah, opposed yeah. to, oh, it's time for us to build login. Let me just put some login boxes on the screen and press submit. <laughs> <laughs> now a, a value add that i'm sure you all bring to the table is that a lot of industries require certain compliance or um, certifications for security my guess would be that probably especially octa since it leans in the em employee uh, direction but uh, maybe both bring to the table some certifications that you just basically get for free out of the box just by using the product. Is that true? Yeah, that's completely correct. And and one of the things that um, I, I'm speaking from completely personal experience here, because I, I had this experience on a live stream where I was writing some code in, in .NET and um, I was trying to add authentication to the application. And one of the things that I love about 
uh, off zero is like literally being able to confirm that you have uh, some of the protections in place or the, the requirements in place for a specific certification is the mm -hmm. click of a toggle button. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's one of these things where like, if the toggle button wasn't there and I had to build it by myself, and we talked about this before, right? The number of hours that would go into yeah. writing the code to testing the code, to validating yeah. that it's doing what you need to versus literally, I just go log <laughs> in and I'm like, oh, toggle this. Ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're now compliant. Good news, boss. Right? Right. And so this is <laughs> one of those things where you do sort of say like, I, I want to make sure we're spending our time in the places that actually matter. Yeah. You don't necessarily want me as a developer writing code to ensure that we in, uh, align with uh, some compliance process for a particular certification. You yep. instead probably want me building features. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Focus on your business, right? Not the things that other people have already figured out. That's exactly right. So being at Okta and Auth0, I imagine you've heard some horror stories over the years of people who did security wrong, maybe even yeah. you know did it themselves. Is there any of those stories that you're able to share? Anonymized, I, possibly? It's a good question. Let me think about this. I don't know what I can say publicly. <laughs> what I can <laughs> share, though, because <laughs> I, I hear stories when I talk to different uh, customers. I Sometimes I'm out at events and uh, I'm listening to folks who have a need for an identity solution and have probably started playing around with Auth0, but then mm -hmm. they start to recognize that they need to add on things, right? So a really good example is uh, often it is the case today, right? When you go to a website and you go to login, it's like continue with Google, continue with Facebook, right? And so on and so forth. Yeah. And one of the scenarios logins. that a lot of folks, mm -hmm, yeah. one of the folks that a lot of folks don't think about, or one of the situations that a lot of folks don't think about is well, what if I just need to add on another provider? Or alternatively, what if I want to add on a provider and I want to link accounts between two, right? So mm -hmm. say I log in with Google, but then I want to connect it up to my Gmail and I mean, to my GitHub. And so when that happens, then you end up stuck because you're literally trying to figure out parts of like the OpenID Connect flow and uh, mm -hmm. those specifically parts of the OAuth flow and the OpenID Connect specification. And where should you inject that point? And how do you get information from the user? All this stuff. And this is the sort of stuff that like Auth0 has thought about. We've got a whole framework in place so that if you need to step in during an authentication, you can. Yeah. But the alternative is like, I've actually tried to write some of this code before and it is not fun. And more people <laughs> do it than I actually expected. So I'm often yeah. like, hey, did you know we had this thing that you could use called actions where like post login, you could like jump into the authentication flow and do something? Mm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like sync some data up or something yeah exactly if you need to take that data go add it to a token right and then from the token if you need someone to connect up to something else behind the scenes guess what you've got the bit of information already available to you just go use it instead of now i'm going to go build a whole new api mm -hmm. with a whole bunch more infrastructure that will probably mm -hmm. only get called once and i'm like oh come on <laughs> Yeah, really going into the bowels of OpenID Connect and Auth and OAuth. Yeah, and definitely challenging. I, I, I legitimately would never dissuade anyone from like reading documentation or reading specifications, mm -hmm. but I guarantee you, like my time as a developer is probably not best spent reading the full OpenID Connect spec. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not when a solution is out there.
Yeah. Yes. Well, so we've talked a lot about situations where you, you would use IAM, Identity and Access Management, particularly from a third-party company. Can you think of a time when you would specifically not recommend using third-party IAM? I, the scenario that I just talked to someone about, there's, so I, I met someone while I was at a, a conference last week, and um, they are relatively new to the industry. Um, and they are still trying to get their feet wet in terms of understanding, like just how you build and, and well, I should say design and architect code. Right. And so one of the things that they were asking was like, well, when would you bring in something like an off zero? And I said, well, tell me a little bit more about your use case. And as we're talking more and more about their project, what I'm realizing is they're still really trying to understand the lay of the land in this case. I wouldn't have them call out to a third-party API because they probably wouldn't even understand what to look for, what to be paying attention to. And yes, while we're easy to use in this way, like they really are still learning the basics, the fundamentals. And so in a case like that, probably makes sense to stay away. Another example is um, I was talking to another developer who live streams on, on Twitch and they've got a small application that only they use to manage um, all of their appearances in public spaces. And so uh, it's it's very much a one-person application where they want to be able to protect the information, but they're the only ones who will ever log into it. Okay. Probably overkill to add in a third-party identity provider, right? Because you don't need it for that sort of a use case. Yeah. So it does come down to like where and how you want to want the application to be used. But if it's something where, you know, it's just a couple of people, maybe one or two, it probably isn't as worth it, right? Versus um, if you have plans to scale this thing, well, then this gets really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're saying if the password is hard-coded in the code, then probably (laughs) identity and access management might be overkill. (laughs) Yeah. Though, let me just say, I could, I would be a terrible Terrible uh, Octa employee or off zero developer advocate if I said, leave that password hard coded in the code. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even if it's just for you, it's probably not the right place. Put it That's in the right. CI CD pipeline or something. Right? That's exactly right. Well, and it, yeah. it's, I saw this question on Twitter around, um, I think it was from David Fowler, where he was asking, um, uh, how do people who use CI CD uh, update? Uh, their uh, secrets in production. Do they use like a secrets manager or a key vault or something like this? And I'm like, so long as the answer is not I hard coded, I'm going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) I leave it on a uh, sticky note on my desk. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you alluded earlier, Corey, to some of the future stuff that's coming down the pipe for identity. Um, and I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of exciting developments going on there. I know Otsiro and Okta are working on these things. I know, you know Google's and Facebook's of the world are working on these things as well. Yeah. Uh, what future authentication technology are you most excited about right now? Yeah, th- there's two things that come to mind. Um, one is in all things authentication and one is in all things authorization. Um, and I'll start with the authentication piece, which is, uh, for a long time, part of the problem with um, uh, authentication is that we actually have to use passwords. Like, if you really think about this, 
like really what you're trying to just verify is that a person says is who they say they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've gotten so comfortable with using passwords that that's just the way we've done it. And so much has been designed around the notion of a password. So now we added a multiple factor, right? Or we added a second factor and that came with a text message. And then that changed to a notification. And, you know, maybe you can check your email and you get a magic link or then you could have gone passwordless. And so, um, I am very, very, very excited to see that continue to evolve into what we are now calling pass keys, which is this notion that, uh, I could use something like a biometric device, right? Like face ID or like windows, hello, which I've been using on my computers for years and websites will then have access to that information to then identify me. So that way I never have to put a password in ever again. I, I love that one because, yeah. um, you know, humans are notoriously fickle right and so we'll do things like set a uh, one two three one two three is our password <laughs> yep. but instead of doing that and leaving that even as an attack vector well now we're instead using something that's a bit more secure and it uses public key cryptography behind the scenes hmm. um so i'm excited about that the second side to this is i'm excited about um what's called fine-grained authorization and fine-grained authorization is this notion that you know, typically once someone like logs into an application, right, and the authentication has been successful, then comes, well, what should you have access to? And so we've done roles and we've done um, uh, what's called attribute-based access control, where there are details about you that come with your authentication. And so we've used that to determine what you can and can't access on the screen. And so um, fine-grained authorization is a, a different model. It's, well, what's your relationship to the thing that you're trying to access? Mm -hmm. Say, you know, you, Jay, as a person who hosts a, a podcast, you should have access to the recordings in a certain way, right? Versus me, I should also have access to those recordings, but maybe with a different set of permissions because our relationships are different. Mm -hmm. And so fine-grained authorization gives you a way to model that. Um, okay. And I'm excited about that because to me, it, it changes the way we think about just what it means to authorize people in applications. So yeah. I, I think those two are like on the precipice of really getting interesting. And, and now we're needing to see more real world use cases, some more demos and things of this regards. Um, okay. I'd add one more, which is verifiable credentials, but that's a whole other beast. Because okay. I love this <laughs> idea that like... You know, we're moving away from cards as like ways to recognize people and more you have a digital asset that can yeah. truly be used to verify you are who you say you are. That's a whole nice. other story for a different day. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, those do sound like some exciting technologies. And, uh, you know, I use a password manager. I imagine you, you probably do too. Uh, and I would be so lost without that now. But, uh, you know, something that truly identified me as me without me having to have some piece of information in my head would be fantastic and if it was fast it would be even more fantastic so awesome. well and, and the biggest opportunity for me is always to, to your point around like if it was fast it's yeah. always been the user experience the user experience around authentication has always left a lot to be desired mm -hmm. and so um you know you see signs today of people doing things like progressive profiling where they ask you one question like hey tell me your name and then it goes to a next page and it's tell me your email. And then it goes to another page and it asks for other information. And, and my sense on this is, yeah, that's a nice stab. But what if we could just completely eventually get rid of that password, which they're going to ask for at a certain point? 
Um, yep. And you can do it today with like things like magic links and the, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But sure. I say it to say, I think the future just continues to get exciting for making that experience so yep. much more intuitive and so much more pleasurable and something yeah. that people are like, oh yeah, I really liked that. We should probably stop using passwords. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As it, as it becomes more consistent and more fast, I'm, I'm excited about it right now when I encounter a new app and it uses a different way of logging in than everything else that I use every day. It feels like just another problem, especially yep. if it's not fast, but, um, but we got to try new things like that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. okay last question, Corey. Uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, identity and access management, which I think we could talk about for quite a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, but we like to talk about a lot of topics on the podcast here that will help people make their software projects more predictably successful. My mm-hmm. question to you is what other topics or what other people should we be talking to about that? So I, I don't think I shared this. I'm a .NET developer. Um, I've been a .NET developer for a really long time and I try to keep up with the latest and greatest. And, and there are sort of two things that are going on right now for me that are really interesting. One is around all things Blazor and, and what it means to transform the way that we build web-based applications in .NET. Um, and so Blazor has been on its own path of evolution from the very beginning when they even then tried to rename it and then they renamed it back to Blazor. Different story for a different day as well. <laughs> but I say that to say, I would love to hear an interview with uh, Steve Sanderson who is, okay. is the father of Blazor. Um, yeah. I think that would be fantastic. That's one person. Okay. Um, the second is uh, as a .NET fanboy and member of the, the developer community, uh-huh. uh, I've been paying a lot of attention to what's happening with a .NET Aspire. For those who don't know, it's, it is a different way to take a distributed application and build it locally in your developer environment without worrying about things like how do we connect up all of the components it makes it super simple and easy and straightforward yeah and i'd love to, to hear the conversation on how microsoft's reaction to like the community's reaction i aspire sort of changed the roadmap and it changed how they decided to roll this thing out and yeah. how they're evolving it moving forward because i'm excited to see where that thing goes yeah well those are both two podcast episodes i would certainly listen to so i agree with you on both of those as fellow .NET nerds i agree well Corey, thanks so much for your time and for answering my questions about identity and access management and uh, for all you do in the community as well jay thank you for having me i really appreciate it and um yeah i'm excited to be here and excited to help however i can so if folks have questions feel free to find me out on the twitters and the linkedins at coriel weathers happy to chat sounds good corielweathers.com or Coriel no, Weathers Okay. Yeah, just Coriel Weathers on social. Though I should actually get my website. That's a good call out. <laughs> yeah. Quick register it before we put, uh, post this episode, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Corey. Thanks, Jake. That's the end of this Blue Blazes podcast. If you're interested in hearing more conversations like this one with industry experts focused on how to make software projects more predictably successful, make sure to subscribe. Trailhead can be found online at trailheadtechnology.com, on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening.